you're going to meet someone brand new again today because you're listening to this show where we are curious about more than just good voices, you know? Just because people have got talent doesn't mean they've got characters and we've got to find out who the people are behind the songs that we hear on radio, which is why you're getting to know Edward Funchal today. Hello, Edward. How are you? Good and you, Janine. Fine and fabulous. Thank you very much. Do people call you Edward every time or do you have like the Ed, Eds? <laughs> what do people normally call no, you? No, actually, I do prefer Edward. I think uh, that's what people normally call me. Because your mother called you that. No, that's fine and fabulous. So you've got to introduce yourself now. Because if someone's standing right there in front of you and they've never met you, they've got no idea whatsoever who you are as a person, as in family, personality, introduce yourself. So uh, I live in Boxburg. I am married. Um, I have a wonderful wife and two small children. My daughter is three years old and my son is one year old. And I actually um, do this part-time. It's just a passion of mine. And uh, in general, I'm just very passionate about life. I have a great passion for the Lord. Um, I have a, I'm very compassionate towards people. And I just want to make a difference. I just want to share the gospel. And in general, just one of the big passions that I've got as a human being is to help people grow. I also do like to grow myself and to always learn and to better myself. And I think uh, that's something that is at the core of my own being. And hence the reason why I actually decided to take this project on. And uh, yeah, it's just a privilege to be here and to share the story. Okay, well, I'm curious, if you don't do this for a living, what do you do the rest of the time? I am actually a IT project manager I work for one of the big banks and I am very involved in building out a digital software technology and that's actually what I do for a living. So does that involve security or new programs for new functions? Do you, it, it sounds fascinating. Yes, yeah, so um, in the past, I don't know if you are familiar, you probably would have seen one of the big initiatives that the Reserve Bank launched lately called PayShop, which is a new payment uh, functionality that the Reserve Bank launched with all the different banks, um, which makes immediate interbank payments actually much faster. That is uh, one of the programs that I actually ran on the digital side as a program manager for, for the past two years and was involved in executing that on Apsa's mobile app and connected banking front ends. And uh, I've been involved in the sunsetting of checks as a payment instrument for Apsa, and I managed that program as well. And at the moment, we are working on marketing cloud development. So it is a lot to do with, uh, with payments, um, new initiatives within the mobile app environment and connected banking environment and a lot in the digital space, the digital payments space. So um, that is that is what I'm keeping myself busy with. So how much of that is IT based, you know, working with the actual computers and the programs and versus people based, working with the people who have to use those programs and make it work? So I don't actually do coding. Um, I don't actually get involved in the coding. I primarily worked with people. Um, my role is to coordinate all these programs, 
start the actual programs, manage the budgets, manage the governance, and make sure that these programs are executed successfully. So because I do have a good understanding of information technology, and it's also what I did my degree in, um, I do have an understanding for, for coding and for the actual technical development pieces, but I also do understand the business side as well. So I act as a, a gateway between business stakeholders and IT stakeholders and trying to close the gap between them and just simplify complex matters and mm. complex issues. So, uh, so that's my role. That's literally like a translator because the one guy's way of thinking needs to be translated to the other guy's agenda and, and what they need to get done. My husband also does a lot of that with, with regards to productivity and working with people sometimes is, is a complicated thing because it's a whole different being speaking to a whole different being, you know, and to have to get people to go in the same direction and do it with a good attitude, I think that's an anointing. I must tell you, I, I never actually thought about it like that until a bit later in my life where I started realizing that one of your actual spiritual gifts is also to be a coordinator and to be able to, to coordinate events and people. And that's something that I've really been blessed with is the ability to be able to take a large group of people and to very quickly come up with a strategy and a plan and to get people to work together. And it's something that I've had to learn to get to be patient with and patient with myself as well and to really get to know people and to try and understand people. Because I'll be very honest with you, I'm not a good listener. <laughs> Bro, I don't know whether it's because I'm a, because I'm a guy or not. But, uh, but if you ask my wife, then she'll tell you that I don't listen at all. But uh, it's something that I've had to learn to grow into. And uh, yeah, it's just a privilege. I, I, you know, I work with very professional people, very skilled people. We work with people um, all over, you know, the world. I mean, we, we work with a lot of um, guys from India. In my career, I've worked with a lot of people from Australia. So you get to know people from different cultures, different backgrounds. Um, at the moment, I'm actually working with somebody who sits in Russia um, and you and you get to know all these different personalities and cultures. And uh, it, it's just fascinating to, to, to really be in an environment where, where you've got this diverse culture. And then at the end of the day, you can pull things together to reach a common goal. And to me, that it's, it's a very exciting thing to do, um, to start something from nothing and then actually deliver something that's tangible and that people can see and that can make a difference. Um, Very satisfying. Because you do have to have the capacity not only to have an overall picture, which is visionary, you also need to be someone who can function with the small details without, you know, micromanaging people. People get irritated when you do that as well. It's a balance. That's that. absolutely right. And it gives you a little bit of insight into God's heart too as well, doesn't it? I mean, if God had created us, according to Romans 1.20, specifically as a revelation of himself, and he puts this thing in you, then you've got a perspective of him where you realize as much as he's a bigger picture God over all time for all people that is just as aware of the small things, because if you're not, you'll drop the ball. So let me, let me tell you something about what you said now, which is actually so beautiful. 
um, through my life, this is something that I have learned that I keep with me. And I always say, when you are up on the hill, then you learn to experience the blessing of God. But when you are down in the valley, you learn the heart of God. Mm. And it's through those tough times that you actually get to know God, get to know how deeply and intimately God wants to have a relationship with us and is interested in us. And, and you're so right because over my life, I've learned that God really, really cares about your entire being. He doesn't care just about your heart, but he, he's concerned about your entire being, you know, where you live, the people that you have in your life, your friends, your family. You know, when the Bible says that all things work together for the good, then it means that all things, literally everything, your personal life, your professional life, your finances, your friends, your health, and God wants you to have a good life um, that's filled with peace and joy. And and that's very true to what you say. You know, um, I've realized that God is a very personal God and and he really cares on a very personal and deep, intimate level. And and that's just such so amazing to know that the it's it's a it's a concept that's a bit difficult to grasp grasp um, sometimes to understand that God is this big magnificent creator of the universe, but yet he still manages to want to care about you personally on a very personal level, mm. and that is just amazing. So. Um- you would not have that revelation if you didn't do life with Jesus. I mean, this is the kind of thing that your heart gets convinced of the hard way <laughs> when it gets tested in life. So I am firstly curious about how you got to know him in the first place. <laughs> yeah, so let me, let me maybe start. So it's a funny thing. I grew up in church. Um, you know, my mother is one of those ladies who... We really, and I think this is something that I'll always be thankful for. I hated her for that. But today I realized that it was amazing that she forced us to go to church. And um, we literally grew up in church. So it's something that I was always familiar with. And as a child, I always thought that I have a relationship with God and uh, because I knew him and I knew church and I grew up in church. But then when I went to university, um, I soon f- uh, fell off the wagon and, uh, and, you know, I just rebelled. And then in my last year in university, in my fourth year, um, through an awesome miracle, I then gave my heart to, to Christ again. And uh, I got rebaptized. And, uh, and then life happened. Um, I started working and I made a few bad decisions. Um, I, I actually had a business at a very young age. I got married. But I, I was, and, and I'll be open with it because I do want people to listen to this and, and to understand, you know, to understand my heart. I was a very arrogant person and uh, I, you know, I relied on myself and I didn't really want to listen. And you now I, I had a lot of religion in me and not a lot of relationship. And it all then boiled down to such bad decisions that at the end of the day in 2015, my first wife and I decided to get a divorce and I lost my business. I literally went bankrupt. 
um, I had to go on voluntary debt review and I literally had nothing. So in 2016, I got the opportunity to work in the city and I moved to Boxburg. And for one year, I, I just didn't know um, anyone. I didn't have friends. I went to work, went to gym and that was it. But in that time, God really, you know, I started to know God and I started to get on with God. And uh, then I went to church for the first time in 2017. I went to Word and Life in Boxburg, which is still my church. And that same day I met my wife and it was still a very tough journey. Um, there was still a lot to resolve. Um, my wife and I went through a miscarriage at the stage. Mm. And there was just so so many things that happened. But I got a promise in 2016 in December that God said he's going to make everything new. And today I must be honest with you that he did. And God blessed me so much. And God had to remove my stubbornness. And he gave me a heart of flesh. And today I, I have a great passion for what people go through. And I can relate to what people go through. And I, I can tell you that um, going through all of that, God not only restored everything, but he made it far better. And he gave me such a fantastic life. But the one thing that he really did was to make me understand that he is my ultimate provider. And I need to rely on him. And today, I really do that. I, I rely fully on him. Um, I rely fully on his grace and his mercy, and I don't rely on myself. And I think that is uh, probably the biggest shift that happened in my life, was to understand that it is not in my own strength and capacity. And I think that is probably what this journey was all about. I'm just thinking, I mean, you'd think that with pride, which comes to a fall, that because it's so ugly now, I mean, arrogance is an ugly thing, that God would literally just knock you off your proverbial horse, you know, that he, the, the way that he does it. But I found that there's a tenderness in even the wages of sin, that even in the way that we fall, in, in the way that he picks you up, that there's this ridiculous and um, irrational, in my opinion, tenderness that he has, that he sticks to you, that even though you deserve him to kick your butt, that somehow he, he convinces you at the end when you look back and you realize that he must have had a tear in his eyes while he was holding your hand with white knuckles, while you thought you were literally lost, that you never actually were, huh? Yeah, and you know, there's that song that speaks about um, God that will chase after the one and that will leave the 99 because he cares about you. And I never understood that until I had to go through that journey myself. And where I actually felt that, where, where I literally understood exactly what you say, that that God was so personally involved in my life and that he really cared about me and that he wanted to pick me up. 
And there was a lot, there was a stage that I struggled with this because I felt, you know, it's a, it's a bad thing that when you go through these things, um, you, there's this voice that always wants to condemn you mm. and that wants to tell you that, you know, you are not fully through these things or you deserved it or are you really saved or does God really love you or all of that nonsense. And then at the end of the day, you understand that it is not even about you. It's about Jesus and the fact that he paid the price and that he chooses to love you. Mm. And what you say now is so very true that, you know, it's that's something that I sometimes still struggle with that concept that even today, how many times I will fail, but he still, he still chooses to love me unconditionally and still chooses to, to fix these things. And, you know, as a person, I was not that person. So I didn't have a lot of compassion for people at all. Um, I, because of my personality, I struggle to find mercy at all. So um, I always struggled to, to have any capacity for people's sufferings. So if people would go through bad things, I wouldn't really care about it. I was like that my entire life. And then I went through it. And then God showed me mercy. And he had to change me. And I think because of that, you know, over the past years, a lot of my prayers gone around compassion and to have a, a capacity for people and to understand that, um, you know, God did not throw me away, but in fact, he actually chose to to renew me and to restore me. So, yeah, it's just a, it's just when you understand, and, and this is what this song is about, you know, um, when I wrote this song, the, it's exactly what it is about. It's, it's about God being a, a refuge and a safe fortress that you can run to. And that's just, that's just literally the, the core of my life, at, you know, is, is that I've got a house and I belong somewhere and, uh, and I'm truly and passionately loved and cared for. And I don't think there's anything that can ever replace that feeling. Um, there's just no substitution for that. I'm thinking of um, my Amplified. It, it says undeserved favor. Un, undeserved exactly. favor. It's not as if anyone deserves favor, although we somehow exactly. want to compare ourselves and measure ourselves and find ourselves better than anyone else. It's not as if any one of us deserves any favor in any case. Okay, let's listen to the song, The Lord is My Shepherd. Just before we do so, if people want to follow you, you know, when you have some new music coming, if they want to know all about it, where do they go? Look, I think at this stage um, I... I've got my Facebook page. Uh, it's under Edward Van Schall. Uh, in there, you'll find the posts for the music video. I also have a YouTube channel, um, which goes under my same name and surname. I also have an Instagram page, which also goes under the same uh, stop name that and bus. surname. We can spell Edward, but how do we spell Funchal? It's uh, spelled F-U-N-C-H-A-L. Right. Funchal. Right. So my, my, I think at this stage, um, my social presence is there and I'm working on it because uh, yeah, I'm not very good at it. But, uh, Says the IT guy. <laughs> 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 Why 
come on. <laughs> exactly. It's what they say about the mechanic, right? Exactly. And the dentist and the doctor. <laughs> no, Last funny. one to look after yourself. Okay, Edward Funchal, F-U-N-C-H-A-L, um, is releasing yes. this one. It's a brand new song. It's called The Lord is My Shepherd, and it sounds like this. <laughs> 